those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show, and I'm Ruggiero, your host. Here we are on 100.5 FM Co-op Radio. We're about to talk movies and head dive into the world of documentary filmmaking. I want everybody to raise your hands for documentary filmmaker Krista Lofton. How are you doing, Krista? I'm amazing. How are you? Awesome. We're feeling pretty good here in the booth. Now, um, a bit of a speedy change uh, today, and uh, here we are. Uh, everything flows, and uh, Vancouver is nice and sunny today, so we are grateful to be alive and be here and enjoy life. First things first, let me ask you, Krista, for the people who don't know you, who are you? Well, my name is Krista Loughton, and I'm a filmmaker from Victoria, British Columbia. Um, I made a documentary called Us and Them. It spans over 10 years, and it's about my experience befriending four chronically homeless people. And I set out to help them, and they end up helping me. Interesting. Wow. Let's head dive a little bit more into that because the topic really fits in with uh, the what where we are even right now, standing in the downtown east side and really celebrating the community here in the downtown east side. I know that you shot the film in Victoria. Is that correct? That is. Yeah. Amazing. So why don't you tell us a bit about the uh, experience and the adventures that uh, that you came across? Well, it's kind of interesting to be back here. Right, like we're right at the corner of Maine and Columbia. I had a. I lived in in Gastown in. Um, right on at 34 Powell Street and I used to walk through this neighborhood and I decided that I wanted to make films I knew that and I could tell that the people were suffering it was um, you know it was pretty clear that that people are in pain and pe people are hurting and the first film I wanted to make was for the people of this neighborhood but I moved to Victoria so the the project ended up happening there and and it just evolved like as I started getting into the film then my reasons for making the film came up so my own personal emotional struggles the things that were unconscious to me as a human being before I got into making the film came up and there is some scenes shot here we um, tragically over the course of filming um, one of my friends passes away and I came to the downtown east side to seek out Dr. Gabor Mate to find out what I could do to help the rest of my friends and he basically turned the question around on me and said what is your experience of pain that you need to relieve it in the world and that's how the film ended up going so deep into something that I think we can all relate to and that's suffering in our own personal struggles. Interesting. So we're basically head-diving and exploring the world of suffering uh, through this connection that you develop with the characters in the documentary. And uh, personally, watching the movie, I felt like there was a lot of connection going on in between you and the characters. And so I want to ask you if there was a specific character that taught you something that's very valuable to you right now. Well, I think they all did. We, be we all became very close. Really, when I first started, so we started in 2006, I was shooting myself. Um, and we just got to know each other so well. Like, I didn't have the camera with me a lot of the time. We just hung out and talked and, and spent time together. And then in about, two, I guess, partway through 2008, uh, a director of photography, like a cinematographer, came on board. And he was also my business partner in the film as well. So we could just shoot. Like, we both basically just sweat equity and made it happen and that's when I got in front of the camera and I guess so by the time uh, we're shooting with me in front of the camera with everyone we've known each other and we've bonded and connected for three years so you see that's why you see these really deep connections and what I learned um, oh man well Eddie was had he's he just he had a spiritual awakening he was a Buddhist he had a spiritual awakening in jail um, where he was taught to meditate by a nun and we just always connected over 
over spirit and spirituality and meditation and topics like that. Karen taught me how to be strong, you know, look out for number one, take care of myself. Donelda taught me to honor my my own pain. Um, there's a scene in the film where she... I don't want to do too many spoiler alerts mm-hmm. here, but she does <laughs> say... Like, clearly she had had a really rough life. Sexual abuse, childhood abuse, um, physical and emotional. She had been through so much but yet when my issues with depression came up on screen she didn't I, it, I I actually say like it's not the same as you my experience is you know it's almost trite in comparison to what you've been through but she didn't allow me to do that she said you know hell is hell we all have our own experiences of hell so she wouldn't let me she validated my pain even though it wasn't the same as hers and she's like kind of feel her actually she's not with us anymore but I sort of feel her yelling at me right now like no it is all relative right but it's um so she really without that it yeah she taught me to honor that and that's really that's really critical and Stan (laughs) I don't know he just taught me to keep it light just to have fun be funny and just do I don't know he was just always cracking jokes even though he had been through so much like they're all four of them are just incredibly amazing people and I think that's why the film has done so well and why it engages people so much is because of them and their their amazing personalities and who they are even though they struggled with addictions and even though they lived lives of homelessness and in and out of the incarceration system they still all four had something super valuable to offer society Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Krista. And uh, it resonates quite a lot as a documentary filmmaker. And that's where I want to ask you the following question, because you said the film was made throughout 10 years, in the span of 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. That's an amazing commitment as a storyteller. And so congratulations on that. But how did it all begin? And then what was the time frame of getting to deliver the story and and, and distribute the film? Um. Well, I guess that the, the the ten years too was that it, the film became my life. So it it I don't know it it just evolved and I couldn't uh, it just kept growing and it just story kept changing and things just kept developing and getting bigger in terms of distribution. Um, I guess we've been it's been since twenty the beginning of twenty sixteen. So three solid years of self distribution, like independent distro. Um, it screened more than a hundred times across Canada, basically with partnerships with the United Way and also service providers in cities. It's screened on Parliament Hill, Minister Duclo, uh, the the Minister of Families, Children and Social Development, who is behind the National Housing Strategy and Poverty Reduction Strategy, screened the film actually for the Poverty Reduction Conference that that happened. It screened the night before and everyone was kind of like... I think marinated in the emotion of the film creates and by the way that was the first poverty reduction strategy in 10 years and that was 2017 so under the conservative government um, there just wasn't one and so just as a little footnote here it's this is a political issue 100% there's we can't do anything to try to solve and alleviate or alleviate poverty and alleviate homelessness and get help that people need that are struggling with the opioid crisis or deal with the fentanyl crisis without um, policy changes and we need uh, politicians behind us so that's really important we're also screening um, in Victoria at the the provincial government um, in June with the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction the, the homelessness branch of that department so I'm hoping that I can find out what's going on, what's going on policy-wise, and hopefully in some ways we might be able to influence in a good, positive way to get people the help they need. Great. So it's about telling that story and creating that connection so that we can tap into politics as well, and that's where impactful documentary filmmaking comes in. Have you had any experience with uh, impact-driven campaigns, especially when it comes down to us and them? Well, I guess we just... um, I had a lot of people support me locally in the community so there's been some philanthropists like um you know what it's really interesting the 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 business they're like successful business people 
that want to support the film and then after you sit down and have a coffee or lunch with them they start sharing with you you know I was homeless when I was a kid or in the wow. you know right and so then they want to support this and those people were really powerful in helping me get it to where it was so for example with Minister Duclo he was coming to town to meet with our mayor Lisa Helps who by the way in Victoria she's been incredibly supportive of the film us and them has screened twice at City Hall it premiered there and screened there again before we were going off to Parliament Hill to like standing room only screenings and um, so the one Rob Reed the philanthropist I'm talking about he uh, he just said, "Get your film down here with a with a note and a T-shirt or something." And, we, and I gave that to <laughs> Minister Duclo. And I'm, this is actually funny. I remember um, um, my printer. I'm like, "Okay, I got to get this together." And my printer was out of ink, and uh, I don't know. I so I wrote him a handwritten letter, and then, but it was out of necessity. Right, and then he wrote me a handwritten letter back too. Isn't that nice? Wonderful, of yeah. course, of course. That's communication right there. And then when there is an emotional connection, it just flows so much better, right? Yeah, yeah. Any moment throughout the film where you ever thought, "Oh man, this is this is too hard," you know? Or, oh. or what, what about those moments as a filmmaker? Mm, one just comes to mind. You know, Donaldo was uh, like in Victoria the. The, I guess sort of the equivalent of the Portland Hotel Society is our place society so it's a transitional um, it's transitional housing with a drop-in center and food program and right across the street is where she would go to pick up her her methadone and one day she was so weak she couldn't even walk across the street and she wanted me to pick her up and she was just angry she was in a really she was suffering you know when we're when I'm hurting I turn into a dick you know or a jerk like we that's how we all are when we're happy we don't behave that way right so she was really really hurting that day and then I remember for some reason I had given her some change and then she threw it back at me I don't want your change you can't buy me and it was just this big we had this big fight and I and and I remember her getting out of the car and I was just like you know what f this right I don't want to do this anymore and then but then we would always end up making up but in the moment I was like but you know what this just isn't about you and Donelda this is about a bigger picture and you've got to keep your eye on the bigger picture and there was something that just kept me engaged you know um, it's almost like a purpose you know you have the purpose to tell this story to go through with the film yeah I don't like I don't really talk about this very much but I feel like doing it today like it was that was spirit Spirit kept me connected, uh, and I don't really know exactly how to explain that because it's it's a feeling, right? It was just a feeling would come over me. No, you're you're pushing forward with this. You're making this happen, and um, and then other amazing things would would start to happen too, right? It wasn't, but yeah, there was definitely lots of. The conflict between, um, you know, as close as I were, was with the characters, there was a lot of conflict between us too, which I think you see on the street a lot. Like, you know, people will fight with each other, but then they love each other too, and you don't ever give up on each other. And what won't you do if, you know, if, if you know, I see it out on the street all the time. If somebody's dope sick, what won't you do to help that person get what they need? And it's sort of like that. But then they could be fighting again in 20 minutes. You know, it's just how it goes. I believe it goes down to community, right? Whenever you yeah. find that gravity, it's almost like having a, a sun at the, at the middle, you know, and that keeps the gravity going. And, and you just keep going back because it's community, you know, and it keeps us alive. It makes us who we are, you know, and so tapping into community and what that means through filmmaking then becomes a really really tough task you know and, and that's why we need filmmakers that have a big pair of eyes like yourself that can tap into those sensitivities and understand the dynamics of specific moments and so it's like family like it's community but it's like family so if you have if you know you can fight with your brother and sister but you're still gonna love them it's unconditional for love, sure right? what's your message to filmmakers out there Oh my goodness! It is a it's um it's a hard it's not an easy thing. So I'd say don't do it. <laughs> and then if that's, you do it, then that's the first step. It's hard. Find the money. Don't don't spend your own money. Don't like um, put yourself into a position where you become depleted because then that's not good for your work. And I'm speaking that from someone who did that, right? 
um, just do your best to try to to believe in what you're doing and to unfortunately even though I'm trying to do impact documentaries that are filled with like love and compassion it's still a business so keep don't, don't be stupid how do you remember navigate that? that balance you know it's with tough mm-hmm. um, but you just have to again big picture it this is how the world works like in some ways I was thinking about this was I was driving here to meet you today like um, it's the fight right like we're in a fight against the war on drugs and particularly the rhetoric of the war on drugs those that those ideologies that are planted in the mindset of most people in North America which are you know you're a drug addict if you, you know you deserve it when these things happen to you you've made poor choices and you're here so that's that pull yourself up by the bootstraps get a damn job just say no all these things that were that we're up again and because it's been criminalized too drug addicts are 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 demonized in this society so my job is to try to change that or to to try to contribute to that change and in some ways it's like i'm like marketing and marketing and advertising for the other side of that Does that make sense? Like, what an like, interesting point of view that you shared right there. That's I've, right? I've, I've I've never really come across a combination of these words. It's very interesting for me to experience that. And I've never said it before. I'm, I just it just came to me as <laughs> I knew awesome. I was going to talk to you, right? And and it's like, what can my role be? I'm not. I have not been a drug addict. I've definitely drank too much alcohol and <laughs> experienced with drugs and stuff. But I haven't. I haven't lived this life. But I can 100% empathize with it, and I'm 100% in support of the of the people, and I want to love the people. And how can I do that? The best way I can do that is with my skills. So my films are marketing for love. Mm, so indeed, we do have an atomic bomb for love, and that's storytelling. That's that's sharing sharing those stories that can really deliver the right message to the right people at the right time you know well i've seen it happen over and over and over again with us and them like i like i told you it screened more than 100 times across the country and i went everywhere with it in those in and um, we were in towns and cities everywhere and the reaction was the same like you could hear a pin drop when the lights go up and people's faces are just red and there's kleenex they've been crying they have their perspectives have changed and that's what my intention was because um, I wanted people to leave the theater and never look at a homeless person the same way again, assuming they had the, uh, the, that stereotypical negative attitude, right, or prejudice attitude, and it's worked. What was the specific message you really wanted to deliver through the film? We're all the same. It's just that their experiences, they are, they're, are more intense. They've, had, they've suffered um, really painful, traumatic experiences, that have made trying to survive in a capitalist world where we're all just struggling like it's it, uh, it's just really difficult when you when you've had too many negative uh, particularly childhood experiences it makes life hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this in this environment and that's but it doesn't mean that that capitalism is necessarily not the way it just means that it needs to it needs to really have a a strong like social support system for people that don't start life in positive ways which happens all the time i see that's uh, an interesting uh, perspective and i really appreciate that because it really brings it into the domain of politics in many ways right mm. and so we as documentary filmmakers sometimes we have to be extremely aware of the texture of the political landscape that we are exploring right and so i want to ask you if you had any moments of conflict with that political landscape while during the making of the film? Um, well, not... Not really. I don't think I had any... Like, the politicians... Because the film came out at a time when I... When the mayor in Victoria, they had, they had worked with the hospital board and received a loan from them, like, looking at the, the homeless issues and the housing issues as a health issue, and then the province matched that money, and then eventually the federal government came in and matched that money, which ended up with, I think, 2,200 uh, new rental units in Victoria, and a portion of those were for, you know, um, social assistance rates. So when I, the film came out at the right time, 
you know, had the film come out a few years before, yeah, I would have run into that because we still had Stephen Harper and you know this neighborhood, what what the people fighting for insight went through under with that conservative government and they, and probably the liberals before that too. Um, I hope I, yeah, I think, because it was a 20-year battle to get insight going, right? Like the way that the people had to fight and, and um, activists that were that were struggling with addictions themselves are the ones that really pushed that, right? They really created that. And that's why I think the downtown east side is such a fascinating and strong and it's like a fighter community, you know. Um, resiliency is the key word, I think. Yeah. When we look at the downtown east side, we really see resiliency. We really see that spark in the eyes of the people who understand and embrace what it means to be part of the community, you know. And you see that the Carnegie Community Center is almost like the sun of the solar system of the downtown east side. You can just breathe it in, you know. Yeah. And there's so much love that is being misunderstood and misrepresented many ways, you know. Mm. It's very easy to project bias onto something like this community, you know. And so it's, it's thanks to stories that we can dissolve that stigma and so I'm grateful I'm just grateful that films exist and, and we as filmmakers sometimes we underestimate a bit the power that we have as well, storytellers don't yeah, you think absolutely because I think I can say to somebody give me 80 minutes of your time and maybe you might change your mind or see this 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 situation in a different way and then also because it's a film it gives you sort of a ticket into con being connected with politicians and and people on the ground there is because there's something sort of you know magical about filmmaking it sort of has this mystique about it but really the day-to-day -day of it is pretty it's pretty isolating it's it's a it's a it's a hard job especially trying to make documentaries because it's very difficult like to be straight up honest to you know sell a film about homelessness is hard right who you know i've had to just release it independently and do community screenings and and uh, you know it's, it's hard to make a living but we we do it anyways and mm -hmm. we and the more we can gather people around us to support us because there is money out there it's just finding it right i see well it's usually making a film with this with this thematic it's it's i believe it doesn't go really into the financial aspect of filmmaking but it is more of a, a labor of love you know and so having that feeling within that you described earlier that purpose it's really a beautiful description of how that drives you through the experience no matter what yeah no matter what happens you know that's the mission you know and there is a reason why things happen right it's just like out there you know it's magnetism everything is plus and minus so if there is a minus out there maybe this story is the plus that is born to compensate for that minus yeah and we are brought into that journey just like we are vessels of that story in a way right yeah you just have to trust i think i think it's probably easier to to work on a shoestring if, when you're in your 20s than when you're in your 40s though it starts to change hmm. i have to say that because when i was working on us and them i was younger and i didn't just like oh whatever let's just make this happen and now I'm a bit older and I'm more like hmm <laughs> you know I'm like what about my retirement what am I gonna do right you do have to think about these things so. I see I see I feel like uh, I feel like uh, there, there are differences and that helps us though to tell different stories because we need different stories and different points of view and, and absolutely that comes out of the necessity of, of the even the recipients of the stories right yeah yeah and this and some of the situations like we were shooting we shot some scenes for my new film um, down here a few weeks ago, and and I just I couldn't help but just be so moved by the people, like people in the alleys, because we didn't we we went in with cameras, and I didn't want to um, uh, like put people on the spot or make people feel. I wanted them to know who I was, but they didn't because I'm not from here, right? So I met someone at the Carnegie Center. Her name's Ellie Taylor. She's fantastic and I was like well what if I just go around before the cameras come in give everyone cigarettes and introduce myself and tell them what I'm doing you are not going to be on camera but we're going to be in in the alley just you know just to be be respectful and polite and she said well you know another thing too is you can do that but there's a lot of First Nations people a lot of indigenous people on the streets here why don't you make prayer ties and so we did that so we went around and gave out prayer ties and cigarettes and I just got into these like wonderful like the 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 it became that people just wanted to talk you know i'm like i have to go now because we have to shoot the scene but but people just wanted to 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 talk and um and they're just such nice 
genuine, loving, caring people that life has taken them in this place. And I couldn't help but finish shooting that day and thinking, you know, this is a this is a human rights violation. This isn't a partisan political issue to be like, this is a human rights violation. We shouldn't have some of our most traumatized citizens um, dying in the alleys in the way that they are. It's mm-hmm. just, um, and, it, and it just, when you meet these these just lovely people or hurting people that just want to tell you what happened to them that day just kind of that that gives me motivation to keep going because I'm wanting to make these films and to explain this to the average medium of society for that person for sure you know well you mentioned about shooting in the Carnegie how was the experience of getting inside the Carnegie to shoot I actually didn't shoot there we um I went there there was a meeting a, a CPAC meeting and they they were they just screened the trailer of my film and I happened to be in town so I came and said hi that's and amazing whatever, right? good timing and that's how I met Ellie yeah. amazing and so what about your next film well it's um it's the continuation of us and them us and them is really about pain and trauma it really shows that childhood trauma many many people who are chronically homeless I would argue all um, have suffered some severe trauma in their childhood but that's not the whole picture that's only part of it right the the other that's the people who become susceptible to a life on the street but there are systemic and economic reasons behind this so the new film's a bit us and them is really emotional the new film is more heady it's about the reasons why is you know why is this situation getting worse and what can we do about it hmm very interesting do we have a name for that It's called Home. Oh, I see. Okay, so everybody just, keep your eyes open on Home. Yeah, it's just Home. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll keep our eyes open. So Home from uh, Crystal Lofton right there. Uh, what's the year projected for, for the release? 2020. 2020, amazing. Yeah. All right, yeah. then we'll keep an eye open for that. I wish you the best in the process. And uh, right now we're going to have to take a little break. Okay. And then we're going to be back with a one-minute pitch and the Proust questionnaire. Sounds good? Yes. Amazing. Let's make it happen. So, by uh, from the request, uh, uh, Krista requested uh, Jill's Scott Heron with Home is Where the Hatred is. Pretty provocative. Why did you choose this soundtrack? Oh, because it totally influenced me. It used to be the opening the opening song for us and them, but I couldn't afford to buy it. We got permission from my <laughs> son, see, I though. See. I but, see. But um, the lyrics, the song was written in 1971, and the lyrics are just as profound right now. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Everybody, enjoy. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show. We're here to talk about movies and filmmaking. And today we're joined by filmmaker Crystal Lofton, filmmaker of Us and Them, documentary dedicated to the homelessness commu- uh, the community of homeless uh, people in Victoria. And so we're just going to talk a bit more with Krista about what's going to happen now in I your just life. Want, I just want to say, it's yeah. set, it, we don't actually in the film say that it's Victoria, so it happens in Victoria, but it, us and them could be anywhere in North America. It could be any community. Um, and it's for all people who have, have uh, experienced homelessness. I see. So it's yeah. of course it's a film dedicated to, of course, the everybody, everybody, everybody of that's everybody that's suffered on the street. Thank you for sharing that, and uh, I think that's a really important, a crucial point to what storytelling goes always back to, and which is telling story and making it relatable for people to see themselves on the film. Because films are a bit like mirrors in a way, right? And we can see in the film whatever we want to see, and and what's important for us to catch and bring into our, our own lives, and so. I want to ask you about your artistic background and what led you to then step into this world. Yeah, it's not, I'm not, it, it's kind of boring. I'm basically self-taught. Um, <laughs> That's not I, boring. Come on, share I, it. Let it I out. I did not go to film film school. It like it. like I had done uh, an undergrad degree in uh, geography, actually, and religious studies, and I moved to Vancouver um, wanting to do my master's and my uh, my boyfriend at the time was a was a videographer he had worked for a news station and we bought a wedding videography business together Mm. and I was just going to run the business and he was going to do the work and then I shot he needed a second camera and I did it shot one wedding and I was just hooked on video and I just shot stuff every day like for just like six months solid and I just I don't know I just kind of fell in love with it I just fell in love with video and editing and just um read a lot of books and just made short things we like i mean it's sort of embarrassing but but i did sort of cut my teeth in wedding videos right i think that's that's not um, embarrassing at all i okay. think that's awesome I I it really speaks <laughs> it really speaks to your passion for for videography and storytelling with uh, with you know audiovisual communication is 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 yeah. becoming so powerful now and uh, having the chance to learn that actually in that way it's it's amazing it's a great trip great journey you know yeah and i made a couple of short films for um in victoria for the vic uh, it was like a my victoria thing and they did quite well they won awards and then that was the beginning of the the concept for us and them and then i developed the concept after that and then like i already mentioned uh the the director of photography who is my um initial business partner david malashev is an incredible shooter um he came on board so that really helped me develop my myself artistically and then we did a, a crowdfunding campaign and with that money we were able to bring on board uh, Jennifer Abbott who is the co-director and the editor of the corporation and she's a just a marvelous um, editor but she's she gets so deep into the edit that she's really part of like the storytelling process as well so I we I brought her on board as a consultant and then it just sort of morphed into her editing so so I learned a very a lot a lot a lot from her too so the so you know filmmaking is a collaborative art form um we it's not just one person doing it right like so I had some very strong strong um help on both sides so um like the shooting side and the editing side meaning like production and post-production and I think that it's really helpful I'm really um, I think we have to reach out to people that are way better than us at what we're trying to do you know that helps (laughs) us get there I've even even heard Tony Robbins talk about that you know that's a good one right there right if you want to learn how to do something like find someone who's doing it like fully killing it and connect with them and then go from there I don't think us and them would have been what it was had I just been, you know, trying to figure it out myself. And I've read um, filmmaking books too that all that say like, as a director, never edit your own films, even if you think you can. Just don't do it. Right? We need different perspectives in that artistic process. So what I try to do is find people whose work I love, and then hire them, and then just let them go. Like whether it be a graphic designer or a composer or you know, special effects person who's like in, in our case with documentaries, like, you know, sort of graphic, special, like graphic def- effects and stuff. Just find find artists who you love and then let them 
let them rock it. That's an interesting point of view, right? It opens up a whole conversation because, uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, it might be topics might be so delicate that only the director might be able to actually edit the film depending on the different situations that happen, either either on set or on the moment, right? There are so many dynamics when it comes down to documentary filmmaking that, you know, uh, it's it's a delicate topic again. But the beauty of filmmaking is that everybody has its own philosophy and its own uh, thoughts exactly. and way of doing it, and the beauty is in respecting everybody's ways of making it happen, right? 100%. Absolutely. It's true. And I think that sometimes with documentary, it becomes a necessity too, right? Like people shoot or edit their own their own stuff because of um, financial constraints, I think, too. I think there's, there's limitations there around that. Uh, yeah, I believe that there is also a lot of care, right? And mm. so when you care about the story quite a lot, you want to make sure that it's told in the way that's most respectful towards all the the people that are part of the team, right? I agree with you, but at the end of the day, the director still has final say, right? So it's just having some somebody, uh, more than one perspective, I think, makes things grow, in my opinion. It makes things grow in different ways. People might do things that you don't, that I wouldn't see, but then you know the editor goes away and does their thing and then they come back to you and then you say yes or no or that wasn't treated right or that should be treated that way or etc etc right i see i just think that it's uh it really is one of those art forms that is is collaborative right totally yeah mm. and communication really comes into that and so it's so beautiful to see how the community around you can give you constructive feedback and then when you sit back down on the workstation you can sort of bring everything together and start to work the whole thing up again so it's mm. very beautiful it's, it's amazing to see the process of post-production you know it's very and organic uh, right yeah. it just things keep you don't yeah stuff that you you plan how it's going to be and you shoot it and you think it's going to be this way and then you get it on the timeline yeah yeah like, yeah and then everything changes what i yeah, thought yeah, yeah, was yeah, going to yeah. work totally doesn't work absolutely but, yes but that thing i thought that like i just did this the other day like i was interviewing jesse thistle he's this incredible guy he's like the main expert in our film and i thought i had this line of his right but it just wasn't there but then other things jump out right mm. it's just it's really it's interesting amazing yeah well i guess time has come and it's time to to make it happen with the one minute pitch how do you feel about that okay you want to do, do it are, are we, do i is there a timer somewhere yeah or? i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot right here we're gonna have one minute are you ready okay yeah all right and the one minute starting now okay so my new film i feel like as i've mentioned it's like marketing and advertising we're up against the war on drugs and we have this this um just say no i want a counter just a counter to just say no so something like just say no kills right but it's it, but i don't want it to actually be using their language and their their verbiage i want it to be our own what can i come up with that could be a household term that would show that addiction is a health issue it's a health issue something like that that we can that i can put into my new film and that becomes the tagline that becomes the thing people leave the theaters saying and i need people to help me with this because i don't quite have it i need we need our our own thing and it's not like mate says it's a war on drug addicts but i want to get rid of that negative that war and drug do you know what i'm saying yeah thank you that's the one minute right there and so i'm very curious it's and it's going to be home right that's the yeah. name so i need Krista a lofton right there home Tw 2020 correct yeah looking forward to it amazing all right and this so takes can us people, oh, if you want to share something yeah if anyone's listening to that can they like write you or write me with the like with a line like i'm seriously asking people what do you mean what, what are you looking for I want like a like a tagline, like that kind of that kind of thing that we can. So we have a request from Krista of yeah. a tagline. Okay, so we're gonna share it and throw it out there, and let's yeah. see how if if maybe it's gonna appear. But I feel like it's gonna land. You're gonna feel it. You know, it's e gonna it's gonna happen. Email us or find us on Facebook <laughs> or something. And I just yeah, uh, we, I gotta find that line. We're gonna make sure to add the maybe uh, your email or the website even of us and them in the description sure. of this podcast so that people can reach out and uh, sort of uh, get in touch. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of the core of what's happening here at Room Tone the Radio Show as well. It's it's about connecting filmmakers and creating a community, so solidifying and forging that community step by step, right, frame by frame. And so it's time now, though, for the Proust questionnaire because time is ticking. Okay, and we got to make it happen. Okay, so we're gonna pick five questions 
randomly out of the out uh, out of the 35 questions that Bruce wrote down uh, some time ago, a while ago actually, and he thought that those 35 questions would help us identify someone's true being, you know. Uh oh. And so we're just gonna gonna make it happen. We're you just didn't gonna tell me you're gonna be psychologically analyzing me today. I'm not. I'm not. We're just following the feeling, following the flow, and and living nice. it organic. That's how we like it. And so Love the it. first question is, what is your idea of perfect happiness? Oh my goodness, my idea of perfect happiness, just being content. You know, in, in French, the word content means happy, right? Just, yeah, just being content. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have a, the place I'm staying here is, I'm actually way out in Point Roberts. So I sort of booked it by accident, but it's this awesome little cabin in the woods and it's near the water and my dog loves it and it's just peaceful and calm where I can just relax and yeah just pretty simple i just want to feel relaxed and content great thank you for sharing that all right second question of the proust questionnaire where would you most like to live um spit it out from the heart from the heart i don't know oh, where, um portugal Oh, okay. I guess you've been there before, and no, you just I no. I haven't oh, even been there. I just heard it's oh, okay, awesome. I don't okay. know. Oh wow. Okay. Know, all right. Somewhere by the ocean, by the water. Somewhere okay. by the water. There's so much on somewhere this planet, you know. Warm by the water. Okay, sounds good. I look. In, uh, there's so many places up there. I wish. Uh, I wish the best in finding that place. And, and I'm pretty happy where I am. Actually, I love that. There you like, go. I, there like, you go. I was just yeah. There I'm you go. Pretty fine in BC. All right. All right. Third question of the Proust questionnaire: Who are your heroes in real life? Mm. From the heart. Mm. Mm. Thinking a lot there. Thinking too much. Yeah, um, Kurt Cobain. Okay, okay. How come? I guess he's not really a hero. It's not a hero. I think he's a muse of mine more. So I guess that's a bad example. But it's someone whose experience resonates with me a lot. Um, Someone who dealt with drug addiction and bipolar disorder, undiagnosed. You know, just basically... Our society doesn't have the things in place to support someone like that, but yet who used their their art to self-medicate and and resonated with just so many people, and it's so sad the way that his his life ended. But the but what that showed us how much of a resonance there was, particularly in my in my um, generation, how we were feeling. Right, it showed a lot of what was happening and I think a lot of people in the 90s were just discontented with uh, society and for me his life showed that Um, I don't know another hero I don't um, it seems like there's a lot of emotion there and and, you know we don't need to take it further if you don't if you don't feel like it well I think people like um um what I would call like good politicians like Balclav Havel or even Barack Obama some people would say but I think he he did his best with what he could do and people that inspire us to be our best that's those are the those are my heroes interesting all right well uh, that's gonna lead us to the fourth question of the Proust question we're actually gonna go in the past right now which historical figure do you most identify with Joan of Arc Okay. It just came. There you go. It just came. That's the way it goes. That's how life flows. How come? Tell us a bit more about it. I'm curious. I she was. Um, I think it just because her mystical experiences um, fascinated me, and she was, uh, well, so the lore goes, a really powerful warrior who fought and fought for what she thought was right. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And fifth question of the Proust questionnaire: What is your motto? Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Oh, I like that. Okay, that definitely comes a lot from uh, personal experience, you know, how how the reaction to pain shapes who you are. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, it, does, it so much matters how you, how you deal with it. Mm-hmm, the reaction to that. And how do you think we can get to change the way we react to pain? Well, I think it, it surrounding yourself with people who keep it positive for the most part. Um, 
it's just the only way like when you really think about it logically it doesn't make sense to to think about things in a in a sort of non-life affirming way right like you just you've got to just keep take what what's happening and do your best with it and try to keep your head in in the most um you know maybe not like positive like i'm not saying like you have to be positive positive all the time but at least look at it in a in a way that's going to keep you okay and moving in a good trajectory forward so don't like feel bad about yourself or feel or or mull things over or get stuck in that and i totally do it like but just try to correct yourself as quickly as you possibly can to get back onto a road of like what's good and that just that's how you that's how you fight depression and i i've it it comes up in us and them like I'm pretty open about that like being in and out of depression my entire adult life and it still happens and that's what you have to do like you really just have to change the thought in the moment really you know changing the thought and it feels like there's so much about thoughts you know so Mm -hmm. many thoughts almost too many you know we're really uh, drowning in information but starving for knowledge you know in 2019 there is so much happening around us it's even so hard sometimes to just feel deep within what does my heart say Mm. you know what are my feelings for that Mm -hmm. why is it that way you know i've been asking myself why we're some it's so easy to get lost in the thoughts and i'd love to hear also your opinion on this why do you think it's so easy in 2019 to get lost in the thoughts well, there's a lot of negative things going on out there in the world you know you watch like the the, the populist things happening you know this neoliberalism and really sort of right wing thinking is it's it's scary for like I think the world's really divided you know people that think that way and like even just example like last week in Alabama with the the abortion laws changing like it's like what like how are we move like to me it's like didn't we already figure this out like why like that's an old issue there's so many more pressing things that we should be focused on and that's frustrating and it's challenging you know when you're someone who's who's interested in doing things for you know social justice or impact reasons so there's a lot of things that can that are just happening around us the climate change you know getting out of fossil fuels and moving to clean energy all these things that need need to happen to save our planet and there's a lot of pressure on it but i think at the same time we have to almost divide our time right like only spend a certain amount of time a day on that and then enjoy your life you just you know like what you what do what makes you happy and keep yourself happy and and like your motto love life right your email you sent me love life and i'm like that's great right that's, enjoy that's life how, yes yes or enjoy, enjoy life, life. Yes, sorry yes. sorry yeah yes so i think that's really important in, in in but it's a it's a tough balancing act amongst all the things that are going on around us that we see that are wrong i'm going to walk out the door of this radio station and see it right there people hurting on the streets like we can do better we absolutely can do better it's just you know fighting for that change goes back to balance right mm. understanding what are the priorities because i believe that there are many people who want to make a good change out there what's happening is there is a change in the different layers that we are approaching with our priorities right we might prioritize this rather than that or that rather than this and different people have different priorities and so this comes all together and you know where do we go from now there are so many problems to solve but which one are we gonna solve first and it seems like we're on a race to go and solve the problems that are closest to us in some way i think it boils down to individuals so choose your issue that resonates the most and focus on that it's not about changing the world it's about changing your world hmm i like that thought i like that thought quite a lot or your square foot of the world sometimes i say like just keep it small do your like do something but don't don't take it all on So yes, I'm interested in climate change too. Do I do much activism around that? No, not at all, because all of my activism is around um, addiction, basically, right? Addiction and homelessness. That's what I focus, like when I'm reading, I'm reading books about that, I'm focused on that, that's my thing. But I know somebody else is, is that passionate about climate change. And if we all do our thing, whatever, whatever resonates with us, whatever comes up for us, just do it, right? You don't have to do it all, just do your 
do your bit, if we all do our bit, we'll get somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can agree with that quite a lot. You know, if we all do our bit, if we all feel and think in our own way and really plan on to giving whatever is good within us and offer it out there, then things are going to flow, you know, because as you know, we all know life is a balance between giving and, and taking and whatever you take, then you process and you give out again. And yeah. and it, it feels like we're rinsing each other with love, you know, mm-hmm. especially through filmmaking and storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We're really approaching the end of this episode. So before we wrap it all up, I want to ask you, what's your uh, message? What's your advice to anyone who wants to pursue documentary filmmaking right now? Don't feel so negative. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's it's really hard. But if you feel very passionate and you have to do it, then um, just read a lot, watch a lot of movies. Um, even you could try. I didn't do film school, but I did a lot of workshops and things like. Um, there's the documentary organization of BC. The same version in Canada. There's film co-ops. Um, just get out and start making something and maybe sh- start with short things. Like just do a, you know, a five-minute doc or something. Try to get into a film festival. Just try to try to really hone your skills and get good. Get really good at what you do because success is a byproduct of excellence. Ooh, and we're going to wrap it up with that. So thank you, Krista. We're going to jump straight into your request for the soundtrack to wrap it all up, which is Nirvana. So everybody, enjoy. <laughs> 